Welcome back to the graveyard shift. Oh. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of The Graveyard Shift. I can hear you. You're good. Okay. Um, this week, we will be discussing some of our favorite spooky childhood media. What do you? What do I mean by that? I'm talking all the books and the movies that got us going to be here today, your hosts of The Graveyard Shift. Yes. What has made us so sick and twisted that we have this show? I don't know, a lot of things, but... I know. It's just an amalgamation, if that's the word, of... I mean, I I think that, like, the media that we grew up with was very dark, and I don't think we've realized it until we grew up and said, hey, that's, like, a lot of loaded... Um, themes in that book there that should be taught to children or made regular but mm, made us stronger yeah made us stronger and better and cooler and more powerful and prettier and and prettier no Mm -hmm. definitely prettier yeah um so yeah I, i think what inspired this week's episode i was out last night and i was driving around the neighborhood and I saw little kids dressed up for Halloween. It was so cute. Yeah. I walked through Beacon Hill last night and it was so fun and so cute. So many kids out with our costumes. Everyone's trick-or-treating. All the houses are super Yeah. It makes you just super nostalgic for like when you went to school in your costume and then you like... And then, I mean, now I'm still super into Halloween. I mean, we love to throw our big Halloween parties. So... I don't think that the love for Halloween ever fades. Christmas, for sure. Can oh, yeah. I just say? No, I agree. Christmas is more of like a really stressful, unevent, like not uneventful, but unfulfilling holiday for me in my old age. Now. Oh, especially adults. Like I'm already dreading the extra hours I'm going to have to put in just to afford all the gifts, all the like mid or finals that come up in Oh Christmas, yeah, don't like, even get started on those. Oh God, it's it's just. Oh, I'm sorry, but the parties with your extended family, like <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm not. I can't make small talk. Mm-hmm. Halloween, we pack people into our apartment. Everyone's influenced to have fun, and uh-huh. it's a good time. And yeah. that's what I'm here for. You can dress up as whatever you want. It's just you know your friends, people you you want to hang out with usually exactly it's just it's it's a holiday that will never cease to be fun all throughout the ages because when you grow up and have kids you take them trick-or-treating yeah i and i don't know i love costumes i think that'd be fun but oh that's so fun i mean yeah halloween's my favorite holiday yeah for sure it's just the most fun one it really is it really is all right we should probably get into this week's theme ah yes so um do you want to start with the book? Yeah, I bought a couple of books, or two books, yeah. mainly, because they really sh- like shaped my childhood. These were the two books that, when I went into the library in elementary school, I gravitated towards. And that would be the Lemony Snicket, a series of unfortunate events books. Ooh, okay. Ring a bell? Yes. Okay. They're really interesting books, because it follows these three orphaned children 
who are trying to escape their uncle who is trying to kidnap and kill them for their family fortune. Yeah. And I was looking, I was doing some research on these books because it's a very dark gothic theme and like some of the themes like there's she's a child bride in the first book like how did we gloss that over her (laughs) uncle tried to marry her when she was 12 i don't i I don't remember that in the first book um what is it count olaf attempts to marry violet and because she signs the marriage certificate with her left spoiler alert i don't know if you were planning i watched the tv show oh you did and yeah i never watched the tv show but i think i read like the first four books when i was in elementary school yeah and you know i don't i think i thought it was a little strange then but uh now a little extra yeah a little child bride situation um there's like a lot of complex themes as they try to evade their uncle who tries to kill of it too at least in the show are very there's a lot of gothic themes yeah very costumes very tim burton me yeah it is it is i Um, love i personally that was like my favorite book series growing up as a kid yeah I, I always wanted to read them because all my friends were reading them, but I never got around to it because I was um, sort of illiterate for a <laughs> while. Um, anyway, um, yeah, no, I never read those. I mean, I would definitely be interested in rereading them even as an adult because, it's. I mean, for me at least, it's very nostalgic. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, did you have any good creepy spooky children's books influencing you growing up um i think we have this one in common um it's the scary stories to tell in the dark series there's like three of them yes i think um but i just remember in like fourth grade when we'd have free reading time in the middle of the day um some of like i think one or two of those books were in the in the little library inside of our classroom so I would close off this little spot for me and two of my friends and I would have readings from from this <laughs> book of the different stories because I thought it was fun to creep them out. Yeah, um, I feel like the librarian definitely saw the special group of kids that always were taking out that book and oh, thought, yeah. keep an eye on these ones. Yeah. <laughs> They're little... Uh, They're not going to be normal. No. And, they and they're right. right. <laughs> But um, I don't know. I had such a fascination with those sorts of books when I was a kid. And I I had a really weird obsession with um, kidnapping books. <laughs> like It was like a whole genre. Go into it. I've never like a child kidnapping book. It was, yeah, it's, it was like a young adult book. Um, there's one in particular called Stolen. I can't for the life of me find oh. it online, but... Um, it was just books where these kids would get kidnapped and they would have to survive. It was really weird. That's really weird. Are you yeah. sure that's... Um, sure that it's normal? No, because it's not. But, I mean, I found it so interesting. That is kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, They're fictional, but... Yeah. I read um A Girl on the Milk Carton. The Girl on the Milk Carton. Oh. Which was... Like, 
I think it was a signed reading for us, which is interesting because, really? yeah, that's a kidnapping case. Oh. Was, was it, it real? Like, I don't think so. Oh. I mean, I'm sure get, kids get kidnapped every once in a while. Oh, yeah. No, all <laughs> the time. But how old were you when you read that? I think I was like 11. Oh. <laughs> I know. I feel like that's pretty young. Yeah. But um, no, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark was definitely one of my favorite books growing up just because it's very palatable. Yeah. They're, the stories are sto- short. Yeah. I was rereading a bunch of them for this episode and I was kind of disappointed. I, was, I know, These right? are not as scary as I remember them to be. I remember being spooked, terrified, bewildered. One of the stories that <laughs> stuck with me growing up, I don't know if you read it, was the High Beams one. Yes. I almost chose that one to read yeah that one that one is the one that i will never forget because every time i get in my car i check the back seat just in case there's someone there to stab me you know what i mean same i do the exact same thing and every time i think of this story yeah so that one is one that has been more prevalent to me that now than ever because i don't feel like being stabbed um in the back it's definitely uh, an actual possibility. And the sad part is no one would flash their high beams. So, so honestly, true. that story is the best case scenario. <laughs> That's so true. My my worst fear, too. Another, um, I don't know if you read it. It's a similar book. It's called In a Dark, Dark Room. Yeah. I have um, the, the Green Ribbon story. The Green Ribbon story was my favorite story. I was obsessed with it. I th- I loved the little drawings too. Yeah. Because I thought the girl looked like me. She I was, just has long dark hair. Yeah. I was talking, the girl in class, we were telling everyone what our co- um, Halloween costumes were like 30 minutes ago and she said she was the girl in the green ribbon and I was like, that is so smart. That's a, such a good idea. Yeah. I'm going to do that next year. I love that story. That's one, that's definitely one of my favorite yeah. ones. And if no one's familiar with the green ribbon story it's about this girl named jenny she meets this boy named alfred um when they're kids and she has this like green ribbon tied around her neck and she won't tell alfred why they get married they spend their whole lives together she's on her deathbed she still has never told him why she wears the ribbon and she says okay alfred you can untie the ribbon now <laughs> and her head falls to the ground so that was her deepest darkest secret was that um, that ribbon was holding her head and that her ribbon neck. stays on yeah for everything like, who knows that's structurally sound i would rip the ribbon off I'd, I'd be like I'd, I'd take it off in her sleep yeah and see see what I, that's shower with the ribbon <laughs> sorry i have a stuffy nose right now so if you hear me um sniffling that's why uh I were there there were other stories in a dark dark room, right? There was. I just can't <laughs> I can't no. for the life of me think of any other. Me neither. That was the one that stood out. Um Shall Okay, so Caroline and I have each picked one story from Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark because there are like 80 something between the three books. Um so we are going to read these for you. Would you like to go first or should I? You can go first. I've changed okay. my mind. I'm definitely going to do the high beams one. Okay, yeah. So, I have chosen to do... Hold on, I'm just getting situated. It's called The Girl Who Stood on a Grave. 
This is one of my favorites. Um, also, the illustration is really cool. Uh, that's one of my favorite parts about these books are the illustrations. Okay, here we go. Some boys and girls were at a party one night. There was a graveyard down the street and they were talking about how scary it was. Don't ever stand on a grave after dark, one of the boys said. The person inside will grab you. He'll pull you under. That's not true, one of the girls said. It's just a superstition. I'll, sorry. I'll give you a dollar if you stand on a grave, said the boy. I'm doing voices now. Yeah, um, I got that one. A grave doesn't scare me, said the girl. I'll do it right now. The boy handed her his knife. Stick this knife in one of the graves, he said. Then we'll know you were there. The graveyard was filled with shadows, and it was quiet as death. There's nothing to be scared of, the girl told herself. But she was scared anyway. She picked out a grave and stood on it. Then quickly she bent over and plunged the knife into the soil and started to leave. But she couldn't get away. Something was holding her back. She tried a second time to leave, but she couldn't move. She was filled with terror. Something has got me, she screamed and fell to the ground. When she didn't come back, the others went to look for her. They found her body scrawled across the grave. Without realizing it, she had plunged the knife through her skirt and pinned it to the ground. It was only the knife that held her. She had died of fright. Oh. The end. So, see what I mean by, in retrospect, they're not as yeah, scary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're thought. all like... Because when you think of when you think of that story logically, <laughs> there's no way she was really she pinned. died of fright, and they all end abruptly. Like yeah. she died of fright. Yeah, it was his bloody body. Like she had died of fright. Is the last sentence you got him with that one? Like yeah. right in the end. Yeah, good job. There was always that twist. <clears throat> that wasn't really a twist, but I was uh. wondering. Oh, I think a lot of these are like based on urban legends. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think you're right. Um, that's, I mean, I'm going off of what the Wikipedia page that we we found these stories on. Oh, Scary Stories Wiki? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to read the High Beam story. Yes, please do. Cautionary tale. Yeah, for real. Um, okay, here we go. The girl driving the old blue sedan was a senior at the high school. She lived in a farm about eight miles away and used the car to drive back and forth. She had driven into town that night to see a basketball game. Now she was on her way home. As she pulled away from the school, she noticed a red pickup truck follow her out of the parking lot. A few minutes later, the truck was still behind her. I guess we're just going in the same direction, she thought. She began to watch the truck in the mirror. When she changed her speed, the driver of the truck changed his speed. When she passed the car, so did he. Then he turned on his high beams, flooding her car with light. He left them on for almost a minute. He probably wants to pass me, she thought. But she was becoming uneasy. Usually she drove home over the back road. Not too many people went that way. But when she turned onto that road, so did the truck. I've got to get away from him, she thought, and began to drive faster. Then she turned his high beams on again. Then he turned his high beams on again. Why would she do that? <laughs> After a minute, he turned them off. Then he turned them on again and off again. She drove even faster, but the truck driver stayed right behind her. Then he turned his high beams on again. Once more, her car was ablaze with light. 
What is he doing? She wondered. What does he want? Then he turned them off again. But a minute later, he had them on again and then left them on. Riveting storytelling. Wow. (laughs) At last, she pulled into her driveway and the truck pulled in right behind her. She jumped from the car to the house. Call the police, she screamed at her father. Out in the driveway, she could see the driver of the truck. He had a gun in his hand. When the police arrived, they started to arrest him. But he pointed to the girl's car. You don't want me, he said. You want him. Crouched behind the driver's seat, there was a man with a knife. As the driver of the truck explained it, the man slipped into the girl's car right before she left the school. He saw it happen, but there was no way he could stop it. He thought about getting the police, but he was afraid to leave her, so he followed her car. Each time the man in the back seat reached up to overpower her, the driver of the truck turned on his high beams. The man then drove the man then the man dropped down, afraid that someone might see him. The end. Wow. I was so surprised and flabbergasted when I first read that story. I was like, OMG. No way. I thought the guy behind her was going to murder her. I was like, such a good idea. (laughs) I love it. I hope that someone would do that for me. Uh Um, This day and age. No. No. Sorry. Um, So, yeah. In in summation, you better be checking the backseat of your car. Yeah. Always. Because a man might have slipped in when you weren't looking. Always lock your car behind you. Yeah also but i like that story that one's good that's a classic one i feel like there's been a few iterations of that too where that story's been retold in slightly different ways i don't know yeah um there's another story from these books that i was actually obsessed with and i would tell it i like um I memorized it sort of and would recite it just to anyone who would listen. Is it the hearse song? No, I still think of that song every time I see a hearse though. Really? Yeah. Me too. I'm like, oh, I better not laugh when a hearse goes by or I'll be the next one to die. Like that rhyme haunts me. No, but it was um the bloody fingers one. Oh. Do you remember that? No. It was like the funny one. So I'll give you the rundown. It's um, there's this hotel, uh, and someone comes to check in. They're like, "I need a room, sir." The guy's like, "Oh, the only room we have available is haunted." He says, "I'll take it." Um, <laughs> and then he hears in his room, "Bloody fingers, bloody fingers," <gasps> and then he runs out screaming. A woman comes by the next day. Same thing happened. She says, "Uh, I'll take the room. I don't care." Um, again, bloody fingers, bloody fingers. She runs screaming. On the third night, this guy comes in. He's like, yeah, I'm chill with the ghosts. I'll stay in this room. And he's strumming on his guitar on his bed when uh, once again, he hears bloody fingers, bloody fingers. He keeps strumming bloody fingers, bloody fingers. He turns to the ghost (laughs) guy who has bloody fingers and he goes to him. Jeez, dude, just get a Band-Aid and keep strumming. That's the entire story. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so That's the one stupid. you chose to memorize? Yes. I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was so witty. So. He got that go so good. So, exactly. I was like, wow, I hope. I hope if I'm ever in that position, 
I, I'm like him and I say, you know, I keep my cool. Um, but I really thought it was so clever. Mm. Um, here, I'm trying to find the exact <laughs> closing lines because I feel like these closing lines are very abrupt. They're kind of funny. I like reading them. We yeah. have we have a lot more time in the show, so we can do a couple more readings. Yeah, I feel like um, I'm definitely oh, yeah. gonna try to find the girl with the green scarf. Oh, I have it up. Oh, you do? Yeah. Oh, period. But yeah, the last line of this is, "Cool it, man," he said. "Get yourself a band aid." That's it. That's <laughs> hilarious. That's got to be something on, like, hippie culture or something. Oh, for sure. They're like, ah, oh, these darn college kids strumming their guitars. They're yeah. so fearless. Yeah, I have the green ribbon pulled up. I can, I can read it out. I would love. Where the freak did it go? OMG. Hold on, just give me a sec. <laughs> I can do it. Oh, here. It's just loading. Come on. I know they did um a live action movie of a couple of these and they're planning on doing more i don't think that that movie did well yeah i, I never saw it yeah um, i loved the like visuals because they played so well on the drawings yeah um yeah i think these illustrations are the best they're just so freaky yeah they are and they're very cohesive with like th that's what i remember most from a lot of these stories are just the, the images yeah the drawings yeah um yeah, the creepy old cracked woman. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep, yep. <laughs> I, I don't know. As a kid, I like really loved to scare myself. I would watch crap that would keep me up at night and oh, I yeah. know would keep me up at night. Yeah. Just because, I don't know, adrenaline. I don't know, but... It was, it's just an odd fascination with that sort of thing. Exactly. Was, I loved feeling creepy i don't know i know me too i love i mean like though we only had one copy of the scary stories to tell in the dark and i think it was on rotation constantly in the library so yep. it, so you had to like get on the waiting list you know what i mean yeah definitely all right i have the green ribbon pulled up yay once there was a girl named jenny she was like all the other girls except for one thing she always wore a green ribbon around her neck. There was a boy named Alfred in her class. Alfred liked Jenny. And Jenny liked Alfred. One day he asked her, Why do you wear that ribbon all the time? I cannot tell you, said Jenny. But Alfred kept asking, Why do you wear it? And Jenny would say, It is not important. Jenny and Alfred grew up and fell in love one day and they got married oh fell in love one day they got married <laughs> sorry <laughs> it's small text after the wedding alfred said now that we are married you must tell me about the green ribbon you must still wait said jenny i will tell you when the right time comes 
Years passed. Alfred and Jenny grew old. One day, Jenny became very sick. The doctor told her she was dying. Jenny called Alfred to her side. Alfred, she said. <laughs> now I can tell you about the green ribbon. Untie it. You will see why I could not tell you before. Slowly and carefully, Alfred untied the ribbon. And Jenny's head fell off. End of story. The, again, with the last one line punch, yeah. like so good. That it's, one's good. It, and yeah. her head fell off. Oh, yeah. Okay. And oh, her head me. fell off. No explanation. No, no, uh, you know. Alfred is a patient king in a summation. Seriously, he must have really loved her or really wanted to know one day what the ribbon was about. Yeah. If he waited until her deathbed to find out. I know. Jeez. I don't think I could do that. I don't know. If I didn't know, like, on the first date, I think I'd flip. Yeah. I can't can't handle not knowing something like that for so long. Yeah. What if it's, like, hickeys from other people? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I like to think the worst of people. Wow. I see where your mind goes. Exactly. No, I know. Um, I have a story pulled up that I would love to read. I think it's definitely one of the best ones in scary stories to tell in the dark it's Harold Ooh, I've heard it's the scariest one I don't really remember it but go ahead um yeah I think they did this in the live action movie yeah um here I go when it got hot in the valley Thomas and Alfred drove their cows up to cool green pasture in the mountains to graze broke broke back mountain Ooh. um yeah anyway usually they stayed there in the with the cows for two months then they brought them down to the valley again the work was easy but oh it was boring all day the two men tended to their cows at night they went back to the tiny hut where they lived they ate supper and worked in the garden and went to sleep it was always the same then thomas had an idea that changed everything let's make a doll the size of a man he said it would be fun to make and then we could put in the garden to scare the birds great idea yeah again broke back mountain um two men and a doll man Hmm. we won't go um it should look like harold alfred said harold was a farmer they both hated they made a doll out of old sacks stuffed with straw they gave it a pointy nose like harold's and tiny eyes like his then they added dark hair and a twisted frown of course they also gave it harold's name each morning on their way to pasture, they tied Harold to a pole in the garden to scare away the birds. Each night they brought him inside so that he wouldn't get ruined if it rained. When they were feeling playful, they would talk to him. One of them might say, how are the vegetables growing today, Harold? Then the other, making believe he was Harold, would answer in a crazy voice, very slowly. They would both laugh, but not Harold. Whenever something went wrong, they took it out on Harold. They would curse at him, even kick or punch him. Sometimes one of them would take the food they were eating, which they both were sick of, and smear it on the doll's face. How do you like that stew, Harold? He would ask. (laughs) Well, you better eat it or else. Then the two men would howl with laughter. One night, after Thomas had wiped Harold's face with food, Harold grunted. Did you hear that? Alfred asked. It was Harold, Thomas said. I was watching him when it happened. I can't believe it. How could he grunt? Alfred asked. He was just a sack of straw. 
It's not possible. Let's throw him in the fire, Thomas said. And that will be that. Let's not do anything stupid, said Alfred. We don't know what's going on. When we move the cows down, we'll leave him behind. For now, let's just keep an eye on him. So they left Harold sitting in the corner of the hut. They didn't talk to him or take him outside anymore. Now and then the doll grunted, but that was all. After a few days, they decided there was nothing to be afraid of. Maybe a mouse or some insects had gotten inside Harold and they were making those sounds. So Thomas and Alfred went back to their old ways. Each morning, they put Harold out in the garden and each night they brought him back into the hut. When they felt playful, they joked with him. When they felt mean, they treated him as badly as ever. Then one night, Alfred noticed something that frightened him. Harold is growing, he said. I was thinking the same thing, Thomas said. Maybe it's our imagination, Alfred replied. We have been up here on the mountain for too long. The next morning, while they were eating, Harold stood up and walked out of the hut. He climbed up on the roof and trotted back and forth, like a horse on its hind legs. All day and all night, he trotted like that. In the morning, Harold climbed down and stood in a far corner of the pasture. The men had no idea what he would do next. They were afraid. They decided to take the cows down into the valley that same day. When they left, Harold was nowhere in sight. They felt as if they had escaped a great danger and had began joking and singing. But when they had gone only a mile or two, they realized they had forgotten to bring the milking stools. <gasps> you know. Neither one wanted to go back for them, but the stools would cost a lot to replace. There really is nothing to be afraid of, they told one another. After all, what could a doll do? They drew straws to see which one would go back. It was Thomas. I'll catch up with you, he said, and Alfred walked toward the valley. When Alfred came to a rise in the path, he looked back for Thomas. He did not see him anywhere, but he did see Harold. The doll was on the roof of the hut again. As Alfred watched, Harold kneeled and stretched a bloody skin to the dry in the sun. <laughs> and that's how it ends. Yep. Stretched a bloody skin to dry in the sun. And my issue is with this one is like, it's because of the milking stools. And if I am correct, like, <laughs> that's a stool. <laughs> yeah. So, how much could a milking stool really be? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like how? And so that's my issue. It's just a stool. Yeah. Yeah. See, when you start to dissect these stories in a <laughs> logical way, they really don't make sense. Yeah. But that's why they're so popular with kids, because it makes sense when you're a kid, and it's terrifying. Yeah, I would never have questioned the cost of a no. milking stool. We didn't question the cost of a milking stool. For the life of me, I can't think of like... I mean, I know they're probably like shorter than a regular stool. Wait, I'm looking up how expensive a milking stool is. Okay. I'm I'm literally thinking of like a, a tiny little bench. It is a tiny little bench. Excellent. Milking stool price. And so I guess all these stories come with morals and like lessons, I guess. Whoa. What? They're expensive? Yeah. What? <laughs> well, yeah, I'm confused. I mean, they're just regular stools. 
milking stool. Like this one is three hundred ninety-five dollars milking stool standard. What? <laughs> I don't think it's. That's just a bougie stool. No, yeah, these ones are like forty bucks. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't, I don't know. know much about farming or cattle. I didn't know there um, were such things as milking stools, but I don't know. I don't know either. Shouldn't you factor in that cost when you, if For you have real. cows? Um, the moral of this story is: don't forget your milking stools. Yeah. For the love of God, don't yeah, forget your they're symbols school. for like your keys or your wallet. Don't forget it because yeah. you could be skinned. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Um. Yeah. So I think, I think it's pretty uh, acceptable to say that these books sort of shaped our interests in gothic literature and. <laughs> and the stories um, yeah I think I don't know I didn't have anything else to say there yeah me neither see right now Bubby and I are a little <laughs> a little We're ragged a little. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I have a cold and I'm just tired Bubby's quite exhausted. frankly um, so please forgive our <laughs> lack of energy our, f- our slowness our, our lethargy oh that's a good one I Thank like that you. word it's a good word. One time, I don't know if you've ever heard of this play. I actually can't remember what it's called. It's uh, we'll describe it. So it's where a boy and his dog have to travel through a dimension. The Phantom Toll Booth. The Phantom Toll. <laughs> <laughs> so I did that play in middle school because I wanted to be. <laughs> I wanted to be in in the tech. Like, oh, like I the wanted tech to crew? do tech. Yeah. Crew. And then I went to the, what is it? Tryouts, auditions, sorry. Tryouts. Um, I went to auditions and I was like, hey, I want to be in the play. And they were like, okay, sing this. And it's like, okay. Oh no. I was like, I don't know what this has to do with lighting, but here I go. Um, anyway, I got cast as the lead lethargian. Oh So I had God. a nice big speaking role, um, sixth grade. Thank you very much. Did you have to s- speak slowly? Yeah. I came, no. I went to, I'm sorry. I <laughs> went to maybe like three rehearsals. <laughs> and my like theater teacher was not happy with me. Hey. But, I, you know, professionals don't take notes. Oh, no. and But I was in that play, Sure as Day. And That's that right. was the only one I did. They were probably desperate. They probably were. And I was good. I tell Wait. you what, I was good. I believe you. I, I, they, I would pay for a recording of that. I would pay to have that recording burned. <laughs> okay. Wait, I'm confused as to why they had you audition, though, if you wanted to be. I, w- I, I, was, I was confused, too. I, I went in, and I was like, I kind of want to do tech. And they were like, okay, do you want to audition? And I was like, I guess. And they were like, okay. <laughs> And they they were just so blown away by your raw musical talent. Exactly, they, they had to cast you as I think, lethargic person <laughs> number one. They got my vibe right, <laughs> <laughs> which is fair. Oh, 
Yeah, so that's where my musical theater talent comes from. Wow. I don't know why I didn't do gaffing on that show. <laughs> gaffing. Damn. I know. Do you have any musical theater prowess? Nope. I was, uh... yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> I, I did in fifth grade. My class did uh, The Tempest. Never heard of her. By Shakespeare? Like, I... The play The Tempest? I read Hamlet three times, <laughs> but I have never heard of The Tempest. Wow. Okay, well, it's a Shakespeare play uh, about a storm, and then these people get washed up onto this island, and there's, like, magical people and fairies. Um, There aren't... Obviously, there aren't enough, like, roles in the play for 25 students, um, so our teacher like made up a bunch of roles. So I was just like a randomly made up fairy called Breeze. <laughs> I was so peed off because that that was definitely a supporting character, right? Oh yeah, I had like three lines. Um, we ha- we got to um, you know, before we started rehearsals and everything, we put our top three roles that we wanted. I didn't get any of my top three roles, and my best friend Sophia. Oh, she got the lead role, which was obviously everyone's number one on their list. But I was. That's how I felt with the I was Christmas devastated. Eve play. Every year, I you could either. I was like, I want to be Mary. And if I'm not Mary, I'm not doing it, mom. Like, I'm not <laughs> doing it. But uh, like, because we were in CCD, we had to be in the like Christmas Eve yeah. pageant. And every year I was an angel because I didn't want a real a real role yeah. but like my last year in ccd i was like screw it i'm going for mary and <laughs> she literally like no auditions she would just be like mm, you're mary like uh, to random kids i was like this is crap i would have made an excellent mary but instead i was an angel all like three or four years i did it that's and messed up. it is messed she up she will rue the day she will she did because my mom got me to the christmas pageant like 20 minutes late every year so <laughs> she can kiss it because uh-huh. I was barely in that and when I came in halfway through she was so mad that's what she gets for not making you marry I know I w- maybe I would have been on time if I were married maybe I was also an angel I, I went to Catholic preschool and when I was like three I was in the play or whatever for Christmas and I was one of three angels and they gave us like a little like three lines to say into a mic together but I couldn't read like <laughs> I didn't know how to read so I, I still remember this very vividly going home and sitting at the at the kitchen table and stressing out <laughs> while my mom was in the kitchen probably or something like that nearby me in the kitchen and um I was so desperate. I was like, Mom, I can't read. They gave me these lines. Can you help me? I don't think I ever actually memorized them. I just went up there and... And let the others do the work. Yeah. I would just move my lips and be like, yep, there you go. It was kind of fun, though. I liked the outfit, but... Yeah, no. Why would they give lines to a three-year-old who can't read? That's... That doesn't make sense. Like, they're my teachers. They know I can't read. Oh, I hate when, like... CCD, sometimes they would expect the world of you. First of all, I never had a good relationship with CCD. I hated it. It was so boring. 
Did you do CCD? I did not. CCD, for anyone who doesn't know and who's listening, it's like um, religion after school. Yeah, right? it's like uh, kind of like a Sunday school kind of thing where we learn about Jesus and be yeah. like indoctrinated and yeah. to thinking certain things. <laughs> so it was it was awful. Um, my favorite <laughs> anecdote to tell it that really goes to show like the you know I, I the church is funny. Um, uh, they gave us this prayer box and they were like, this is between you and God. Every day or every time we went into CCD, they would say, talk to God and put it in this box and it'll be between you two. For the Like, it is just between you two. Talk to God. Tell him what's going on in your life. Tell him what you're having trouble with. And so every time I would put down, I... I hate CCD. I swear sometimes I would put down, I effing hate CCD. <laughs> and, and so I remember at the end of the year, my teacher and the priest came up to me and they were like, we opened your box and we saw what was in the box and we're a little not happy. And I was like, okay, um, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I don't want to pretend to care. That's between me and God. Yeah. And if God had to do CCD, he wouldn't like it either. <laughs> I mean, actually, he probably would because it's all about him. Yeah. That's so such an invasion of privacy. I know. We used to get quizzes in CCD, too. Oh. Or I remember in confessional when I had to go and do my first confessional which which is when you talk to the priest yeah. and tell him everything that you've like all the sins you've committed oh. I freaked out and I was like so I gotta talk to this man I don't know if you do, do you know what like a confessional looks like yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like the wooden box it's and like then like sides. an eerie little screen that yeah. like tiny screen where the priest can see you yeah um yeah, that's what I was rocking with in like second grade. We had to do our first confessional and I was freaking the F out because I was like, I can't, I can't tell him what I've done. Oh, it was just too bad. Well, I was like, you're really, I was sinning. like, am I, am I low key screwed for <laughs> eternity? Like no salvation if I leave something out? Cause that's what I, I was like, yeah, that's high stakes. That is high stakes. I was like, I can't tell him everything I've done. What did you end up telling him? I was like, I I got in there and I was like, um, <laughs> I said, forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. And then I was like, um, I don't, I don't really know if I've done anything that bad. <laughs> and he was like, have you ever yelled at your mom or your brother? And I was like, yeah, I have. I definitely have. I've definitely sworn before. Huh? And he goes, all right, well, you're cleansed. You're free to go oh that's easy <laughs> it was it was like the weirdest situation ever and there were like kids coming out s scream crying oh, it was God. so scary yeah all every everything i know about catholicism is from my mom because she went she was sent to this boarding school against her will when she was really young it was pretty much like an orphanage but Ooh. she was not an orphan and it was everything she tells me from it is straight out of like a horror movie yeah um yeah and they it was like run by nuns they they did some messed Scary. up stuff to them N nuns were i'm sorry i think they must have been miserable oh no they like, have to be miserable because my grandpa would tell me stories too where they would just like 
beat the crap out of him yeah. like smack their knuckles with rulers like yeah what yeah no it's messed up and uh even even modern nuns honestly because when we were in um in catholic school my brother is two and a half years older than me and so he was in second grade or something at the same catholic school and um his teacher i think her name was sister jean marie she might have been the one of the good ones actually but it was one of the bad ones her name might have been sister jean marie and she would <laughs> she she would lock them in like this closet in the in the classroom as punishment and like hit them with rulers i think and that was what like 2005 (laughs) yeah (laughs) well they're exempt from any like actual punishment because it's the church and yeah the state has very little to do with what goes on in the church unfortunately unfortunately and unfortunately yeah um yeah no it's it's pretty messed up uh, we, well, we've <laughs> veered pretty far away from our topic. Hey, I think uh, the Catholic Church is the scariest topic we've ever <laughs> spoken about on this podcast. It's, uh... Yeah. Yeah. Um, Lots of good scary mu- nun movies. Oh, yeah, like The Nun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Should we um open it up to calls? Yeah, let's open it okay. up to calls. So, our loyal listeners, I'm going to read out the the number to the phone. And you guys can decide if you want to call in. Give us your opinions on anything that we've talked about or anything else. We really don't really care what you have to say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, the number is 617-824-8852. I'll read that one more time. It's 617-824-8852. I'm sorry, that actually scared me. Okay. Hello? Hello? Is that our very own Jordan Saley? It is, yeah. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Wow. Uh, Hello. What? Yes, we hear you. What do you? What do you have to contribute? What do you have to say? Uh, <laughs> um, I want to ask you guys if you ever watched as a kid that movie Flowers in the Attic. No, but I've heard it's really messed up. Is that the yeah. incest one? Yeah, it's the one where um, like kids get locked in the attic and then um, they end up uh, falling in love with each other. Oh, yeah. My, I know my um. <clears throat> My dad's girlfriend Jen suggested me the the book Flowers in the Attic because she knew I'm into creepy stuff like that. I've, that's mm-hmm. wait, so there's a movie too? There's also a movie, yeah. Wow. When did it come mm-hmm. out? Like how old is it? Uh the movie I'm pretty sure it came out in 1987. Ooh, extra creepy. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Very terrifying. But yeah. yeah, that scared me the most as a kid, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, really? there's nothing scarier than incest. That is terrifying. Mm-hmm. Ew. But <laughs> I know. I'm, um, I'll let you marinate in that real quick. Yeah. No, I, I, I gotta check that out. Yeah, thank you for putting that on the table. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Jordan. Of 
I'm always here to put incest on the table. Oh, All right. God. Well, we miss you. <laughs> Goodbye, you guys. Goodbye. Goodbye. Yeah, I I've heard of that movie. I only know it as the like incest movie. So, I've I didn't know it was a movie, but it's on my uh, to be read list. Awesome. Uh, I don't. Is know. it like a children's book? We should have asked her. Yeah, we should have asked her. Darn. Maybe. I mean, she she said she saw it when she was a kid, but I mean, I think we've all seen things that weren't suitable for kids when we were kids. So, oh. <laughs> like my mom. Oh my god. <laughs> Since I was a child, probably since I was five years old, she's been having me watch horror movies, like terrifying horror movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I mean, my I think dad I'm loved, pretty desensitized to that yeah, sort of thing. My dad loved to watch anything. Like, and and if we were in the room, it didn't matter. <laughs> so, like, Saving Private Ryan, Ooh, yeah. Schindler's List. Oh, yeah, and. <laughs> Like graphic stuff, yeah, um, gory, just, um, yeah. He did not give give one care. No. <laughs> okay. Yeah, my I, my mom and I still have this tradition of if we go on vacation somewhere together, we always watch um, Tim Burton's Sleepy Hollow. Oh, I love that movie. I love that movie. It is so good. Anything Tim Burton is yeah. pretty good. That's one of my favorite movies, and. I don't know. Yeah, we just have we have a tradition of watching it whenever we can. Um, so that's a good memory. It, it did used to scare me a little bit, though. Oh, we have another call. It's probably my mom. Oh, nice. Hello. Oh, hi there. Hello, Jackie. Hi. <laughs> hi there. I just wanted to add to what Nata is saying. Yes. Is, uh, yes, we always had this tradition of watching Sleepy Hollow, but also we would watch uh, uh, Anything Ghost podcast oh. from this guy that has been doing this podcast for 15 years. Yeah. Yeah, Nata has been going through a, a terrible childhood. <laughs> yeah, very, very traumatic. <laughs> no, I was, I loved <laughs> listening to those podcasts. Um, it, yeah, it was called Anything Ghost by this guy. And what would he do? He would read, people something. would send him in stories and he would read them, right? Or Yes, yes. Yeah. And we would listen to it by the cemetery and the church. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. She would take my brother and I across the street um, at her grandparents' house. There was a church um, and a cemetery, like super medieval church. <laughs> and um, she would take us in the middle of the night and listen to that podcast. Well, that's awesome. Which it was, it was fun and it was definitely super creepy. Um, but I'm not sure that was too uh, appropriate, Mom. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, I loved it. What one can. I loved one it. more thing about the movie uh, Flowers in the Attic. Oh yeah, it's, it's a great '80s reference for everything. Not not the incestual part <laughs> necessarily, but but it is a great uh, you know uh, window into like uh, old uh, scary movies yeah right it's more about negligence negligence really really but anyway it is fun to watch so yeah anyway I'm thank surprised you never... it was so nice to listen to you thank yes you. thank you for calling in yes thank we you. love thank it when you, you call in we do bye. you're our favorite caller it's true <laughs> okay no bye. offense to all of our other callers. Bye. i love you bye
Thanks, Mom, for calling in. Um, geez, so I guess we really have to watch Flowers in the Attic now. Yeah, we should, we should have a we should have a movie night. I'd love to watch it. Okay, we'll we'll plan oh, it. Well, maybe we'll try and watch it before the next episode. Yeah, and uh, report back, <laughs> see if it's worth the hype. Yeah. Um, well, we've uh, sort of come to the end of our time here. Yeah. Thank uh, you for, um, staying involved even or. Staying tuned in, <laughs> even after we've divulged our religious trauma. Yeah, we, we sort of went a little off track, but it's one of the...